Hi there, welcome along to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with me, Joe Wilson, as well as Chris Patterson and fresh from training Scotland women's captain, Rachel Malcolm. Rachel, Chris, how are you doing? You both okay? All good. All good. Yeah, all Pitch, good. You know, a couple of long days Literally training in the session. door. I know. Yeah, Rachel's always training. But you wouldn't miss this for anything. You wouldn't miss it for anything. Not necessarily out of choice. I know, yeah, just in, uh, just in the door from uh, a double day, which is very enjoyable, very sweaty. Uh, but no, all good, thank you. Good. Right, this week we're going to be looking ahead to the start of the 2022 Falls Rock Super 6 Championship, which all gets going this weekend. It all kicks off at Millbury with defending champions Ayrshire Bulls hosting Harriet's Rugby. Kickoff is at 7.45. You can see that one live on Free Sports as well as on the Scottish Rugby website. Stirling County then take on Boroughmuir Bears on Saturday at 2 o'clock with Southern Knights hosting Watsonians at half past four. I'm delighted to say that alongside Chris, Rachel and myself, we've been joined by Ayrshire Bulls head coach, Pat MacArthur, as well as one of Harriet's head coaches, Finn Gillies. Finn, Pat, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's good to see you both. Um, Pat, I'm going to come to you first. Welcome back. Uh, how does it feel to be back at the helm and with a chance to defend your title? Yeah, it was uh, unexpected, I'll be honest with you. But um, credit to Pete Horn for doing well last year and then taking the opportunity to move on to Glasgow, which is the main purpose behind our programme is to get boys through into professional game, whether it be coaches or players. So now look, it's my, it's my home club, I've always said. Um, I'll do what I can to help them out. And if it means coming back at head coach, as much as my wife may not be so happy, uh, <laughs> It's another five months of me not being in a house, which is good to know. You made such a good job at defending champion as well. Oh, no, I had yeah. no pressure. I should say, <laughs> if I go back, but I can't get any better. <laughs> how, um, how has pre-season gone for you guys, Pat? It's gone okay. It's very short. Um, yeah. Four-week block. How do players yeah. like it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in, I'll be honest. We, we had two weeks off at the end of the season. I think it's important to give the boys some time off at the end of last season, even though it's a short sprint. If you look at what's ahead of them, I feel like if you didn't give them a wee break to get away, in eight, nine games time boys will be boys will be knackered so give them a wee bit of time off and then it was flat out from as soon as we come back I'll be honest with you positive being was from the first season to when Pete was a head coach and then coming back to myself our philosophies are very similar in rugby so it's not like the boys are well, we're not reinventing the wheel we are the same team as we've always been for the last year and a half Pat we'll come back to you and we'll get more into the squad and things like that but Finn uh, good to have you here as well a first season for you in charge of Heritage alongside Stuart Edwards we should say as well and um, how are you feeling ahead of the first weekend of fixtures a little bit nervous but i would echo what pat said it has been uh, pretty short so um we've had to more build on than start again and um, so we have made a few new signings but um uh, pretty excited about friday um it's nice to have a close friend and confident in edo alongside me so we can half the responsibility if it all goes wrong or we can half share in half the glory each. But yeah, it's just, we've, we're in here to uh, buy the club as much time as possible to, to find the right person. So that's what we're doing. You know the club so well, the Finn played there and been involved in involved Super 6 as well, as is Edo, like real club stalwarts. And you know how it's like to play, what brings them success. And, and you say there, you haven't had a huge amount of time. So is, is the most important thing almost identifying the two or three things that you should be working on rather than trying to work on too much or change too much. You know, you've got some senior players in there that, that know the, the club as well. I think it's Stuart Sesford, Michael Linus, Ian Wilson, these guys have, well, would have played with you probably when you played at Eret. So yeah. there's, a, there's a knowledge as well as an exciting 
element to the younger players as well, isn't there? 100%. We do, we do lean on the players and we, we try to use them as often as possible. Um, but I think what Edwin and I are kind of realising is that a team has to be a representation of their coaches as well mm. as their players. So, so we are trying to imprint a little bit of our personality and a little bit of our philosophy on rugby and, and how it should be played. And the good thing is that it tends to be the Heriot's way. You know, I was mm. here when I was 17, then moved away. But I do see this as my club. As, as my, mm. And Edo definitely, Edo, is, this is really his club. He, he's graduated from super six player to backs coach, assistant coach last year to, to now head coach. So it is, yeah, it's that DNA of Heriot's mm-hmm. that we're just trying to reignite, really, mm. some success back to here would be nice. Pat, let's get into a bit of the, the squad and things and how it's looking. We touched on a few new signings in there. Um, James Malcolm, one of your old teammates, Richie Simpson, Will Hunt as well. What do these guys bring to your side? Will Hunt brings a terrible name if you rhyme that one. Well, <laughs> 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 no, look, uh, Jimmy Malcolm's come off the back of a brilliant season in America and he's had stints at air before and I've managed to play with Jimmy myself. So, look, he's a solid player. We know what Jimmy can bring and a good bit of experience with what he's learned out um, in his career so far. So it's good to have him back. Well, Hunt, he's come up from down south, a young 10. Yet again, he's he's got a good good, good um, experience level behind him. Um, <laughs> young Richie. Young Richie's come through their system. Yeah. So a bit like what um, Finn's saying is, look, you've got DNA of a rugby club and I've came through the whole way through here. So a big part of what I'm trying to do is bring on players and coaches from Air as well as Ayrshire. I think that's the biggest, the key to it. So I think there's a number of young players kind of knocking on the door. Young Richie um, was the first team last year, stepped up this year and hoping to push for under 20s. He's a real talent. And I think if we nurture him well, he's got a hell of a, a career in front of him. So look, we've got a, a couple of new signings and then a good amount of the squad was with us last season. Um, did, did, I, did I see Fraser Clymo's name on the list? Aye, so, so Fraser is a player coach, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes it's really good to have a lot of experience from within right? so yeah. you can almost coach from within as well I think that's an important thing to learn especially if you look at a lot of young boys like Richie and that in his first season of Super 6 yeah. sometimes an old head next to that or experienced head next that's a real, a real benefit for these players in, in addition to Will Hunt it just brings that, that calmness next to you mm-hmm. Um, Fraser as well so he's taking a step up as a coach so he's now assistant coach as well so he's yeah, been coaching the first team so that was part of my thing coming back was I kind of wanted to pull a few air, air guys up with me that I've known for a long time mm. so Good. no that, that's that's a decent start You were nodding and smiling when he was on about James Malcolm Rach would you agree with that? I think it's probably the signing of, that is the signing <laughs> of the season really that is um, that, I wanted you to say that Rachel that's fine <laughs> I'm obviously a little bit biased, but I'm excited to watch him not from a million miles away for a little Mm -hmm. while. So um, now I'm buzzing to have him. I'm back in Scotland and excited to see him play in the Super Six as well. So yeah, no, he's buzzing about it as well. He's he's loved being back around um, the air setup and and yeah, he's excited to get going. I think. What about the? You mentioned Finn a couple of new signings. Jacob Henry's coming into. Heritage, isn't he? He's, he's obviously playing the Commonwealth Games, but he's uh, he's a really exciting prospect, isn't he? He was good at, he was good at the weekend, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know what um, yeah, so he uh, he will join us. He won't align until probably game week four. Um, right, okay, so get some time off. Him, yeah, um, a couple of other guys got a guy Joey Britton from Nottingham, he's mm-hmm. got um, a bit of champ experience, a lot of that one experience, kind of six, number eight, might mm-hmm. find himself in the second row occasionally. Don't really know. T- an awful lot about them. Highlight highlight reel looks lovely as does it. They always do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, don't do, but nah, he seems he's like a good kid. And Kyle Brown was 
uh, Saracens Academy, Cambridge uh, mm -hmm. University uh, Centre. He looks like a nice rugby player. He's carrying a bit of a knock at the minute, so we might not see him till game week two or three. The, probably the strange one for us as a club is the guys graduating from the, the Blues, the Heritage Club team. We've, yeah. we've quite a lot. You've got Sean Johnston, you've got Lewis Govanlock, even somebody a bit older, Rory Steele. Um, mm -hmm who has been nothing short of impressive uh, this preseason, And we've actually had quite a few Blues guys up training with us. So we're starting to get that continuity and that thread starting to run right through the club, which is really good to see. Um, a couple of other young kids, Dan King, who uh, he's, was, I think he was at Curry Chieftains last year. Looks like a lovely rugby player. Had his first adult game on Friday night against Watsons, which is not an easy start to life as a, as a young 18-year-old boy. But yeah, we, we're very excited about some of these guys. And it's always good to have the old-timers kicking about as well. Similar to what Pat was saying, we maybe don't have somebody of uh, Climo's uh, ilk coming back into it. But we've got guys like Ross Jones, who's played a, a ton of rugby, who will, who will help mould and look after these guys. So what about... Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry Chris. No, I was just going to say, Rachel, you said that your brother, you know, he's buzzing to be playing. And I just wondered what the feel is from you guys as coaches and what this competition is trying to do in terms of bridging that gap. Is there a real buzz amongst the squads and with the players in that they, you know, they're really invested in this and, and they can see exactly what it is trying to do in terms of this pathway? I think if you, if you look at a turnover of players gone to professional rugby, yeah. especially for myself we are seven or eight deep mm -hmm. at this stage from the first thing boys gone to Italy boys gone down south and then other boys stepping up to sevens and full contracts so I think they can see the pathway and they also are very aware that the standard of competition is higher mm -hmm. so every week there's a chance that it's going to be a tough in fact every week is going to be a tough game a chance of winning and losing depending on the effort and the performance that's going in so they're very aware like, like what is required to play in this competition is definitely increasing just following on with that part on a coaching level as well you mentioned Pete and, and Pete Horn's journey that, that you know so it's on the field and off the field that was it goal or a requirement of of Ayrshire Bulls is, is one of you know making progression making players coaches and, and you've you've ticked that box already both on the field and off the field so I would totally be what you said there sorry Rich no I was just going to say like in terms of how you see I guess this how the Super 6 has progressed over the last couple of seasons it's obviously gone from strength to strength is that tough as a coach that obviously year on year and season on season this league is getting better is it hard for you to keep that standard mm. high when you have got that turnover of players and selfishly probably want to retain some of them yeah but I make it very aware when you're talking to boys and that is my aim my yeah. aim because I mean I loved it in my time of doing it so I'd like as many other boys to experience professional sport as they can so that I, that I'll be as honest and blunt with them as possible that that is the, the route for them and it does put more pressure on us to fill in behind them but it brings through the next generation again and I think what's really good is a lot of teams around Ayrshire they're almost contact saying I've got this really good young kid here mm -hmm. and our Monday night session our Monday night session we try and link in with a lot of the different clubs around Glasgow in the West and then get boys coming in. So it's trying to upscale them with what we're trying to do. So they take it back to their club and push on and it just creates a link between the areas and the teams. That's really good. It's such an important link that, isn't it? It's, it's something that Finn, you touched on earlier on with Heriot's having a women's team in the top league, a Super 6 side and your Blues in the Premiership now as well. There's that link between the clubs, but it probably gives you that opportunity that Pat's talking about, about maybe hit outs and training sessions you know, with the Blues and the, the Super 6 team and inspiring those who, who are trying to fight to get into that space. Absolutely. Last Thursday, we were supposed to have a, a 
game, a training game against uh, another Super 6 team and they couldn't raise a team and we had more than enough players within our club to have a quality 30-person hit-out mm-hmm. with subs on both teams and we wouldn't have been able to do that without that without strength of the club, really. So that's that's a, a real advantage. We train alongside the Blues, so tonight when we train, we'll, we'll get big chances to go 15 v 15. In previous seasons gone by, that Pat will probably agree that this has been a real bone of contention, that if you're trying to do team stuff, you might end up with 15 versus 10, mm-hmm. 13 versus 12, whatever it is that can make, that doesn't make it very real. Um, so we're really lucky to have that team in the, in the prem below us. Who and those guys are all really, really hungry. Yeah. We're actually just setting up in a, a almost kind of like a Heriots academy with maybe eight to ten guys who are in the blues who are also training with Super Six. And, and these are you know next cab off the rank. We're talking about Elliot Young. We're talking about really good rugby players who we wouldn't have any problems putting them in as of Friday. Um, only because we've actually got to see them time on task. It's similar part they've been in training with us every Monday they'll now probably start to realign with the Blues on a more regular occasion but yeah it, it, it does put a lot of pressure it's great seeing these guys push on and kick on a bit bigger and better stuff and move into the pro game but it, it makes them um, I don't know how Pat found it but I feel like we're maybe all fishing in the same pond there might be an east and a west pond but all us teams are all trying to get the same players and it's it's a competitive market, and um, it's a great opportunity for for young kids to, to get into to make that next step into the pro world. And it's a good opportunity for coaches as well, I guess. We have already kind of touched on it there. I mean, you two coming up against each other this weekend, <laughs> putting rivalries aside just for a moment, is it actually quite nice to see each other and see each other doing well and doing what you want to be doing? I think it's always nice to see how fat the opposition coaches are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm 10 kilos down, Pat. You want to see me six months ago? It's good. I mean, Pat and I played together for a long time. We were at Glasgow. Mm-hmm. We always had a good relationship. Um, it's even the same with Pete. Uh, it's the same with everybody. What you tend to find in rugby is people are good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always nice to see them do well. It's, I look at Kieran Beattie now, who uh-huh. was actually the first coach. Um, Kieran Beattie fan me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who was obviously the first coach and it, it was going to be myself and Beats. And, you know, before we even kicked the ball in anger, mm-hmm. he'd got the sevens job. But I, I, it's good to see people doing well. It's, it's, that's what we want to do. Pat, you're not saying anything. I heard you hate Finn. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could say that. No, you know, like, ah, you, you, you gain relationships, and it is a, as, as Finn says, like rugby around either Scotland or the world, it's the same people you meet. Yeah. And a lot of them are good folk, and you enjoy their time with them. And look, Kiggle, the kickoff goes, the boys will go at each other for 80 minutes, but after it, we'll wait to have a beer and have a chat, and that's there's a nicety to that. I know. Well, I suppose that the last thing to talk about or is the game. You will be head to head you'll be opposite each other on the touchline on, on, on Friday night tough uh, I find it tough to go away from home at the start of the season um, certainly tough to, to go down to, to Melbray and Pat you'll be pleased to get a home uh, a home start what, what are the kind of what are the focuses I, I guess it'll be pretty much focusing on your own team first rather than too much with the changes in personnel and squads or the opposition is it a, is it the old cliche or just getting your own game right for uh, on the road for, for you Finn right away yes I mean absolutely you know I think you could look back on Ayers history for the last 10 years, you know what you're going to get. Physical, mm-hmm. abrasive, brutal, mauled, mm-hmm. scrum, the old Pat MacArthur way. So <laughs> it's going to, it, we know it's going to be physically tough, but 
yeah, it's not maybe the wrong way to describe it, a bit of a fact-finding mission for us. There's some people getting a lot of first caps and big opportunities all around. But yeah, just take responsibility for our own actions. We, we trained really well last night. We've got another big training night tonight. So we're probably more excited about what's going to happen. Our first three weeks are, are particularly tough. So we'll definitely know where we are after, after those first three weeks. Whereas last year, we went for a mere... Southern Knights were here, which obviously ended up being the bottom three between them and us. So we're going to start with a bang this year and going down to air. Do you know what? There is, there is precedent for us going down to air and actually turning them over. So the, the first game of Super 6 that Heriots ever played, we yeah. it was a slightly different situation where I'd been a Heriots team that had been together for a long time and they just kind of morphed into Super 6, if you will. Um, so they were probably ready to go to Millbury and, and have a war, whereas we're maybe in a slightly different trans not transitional, it's not transitional, but we're just maybe in a slightly different place than, than what that team was. But we'll certainly hold no fear going up to, going to Millbury. I, I, premiership as well, I think just before that, I think the year maybe won a Premiership final down at Millbury as well, maybe the year or a couple of years before that. Pat, it's, it's almost not to make too big a, a difference between two sides but it almost seems as if you guys are more experienced trying to improve on already having success is that the is that the the kind of goal for for air or is it again just look at this this opening game and and, and find out a wee bit more about the new season i think uh talking about previous success a dangerous gig yeah because it is in the past isn't it for, it can give you confidence though 100 percent. it gives me confidence in a sense as well i have been head coach previously mm-hmm. i then stepped back to allow horny in there as well and then I've come back in. So I think players get better. I think coaches also get better. And coaches mm-hmm. learn what works and what doesn't work. So I think that that's a... I've got a personal progression as well. And through the highs and lows, I mean, look at the very first season. I think we lost the first four games Yeah. Uh, before we really kicked into gear. So for me, it was a bit of a, a four-week block here to get ourselves ready. And as Finn says, look, I am a certain... I was a certain type of player. I like set piece, right? <laughs> I like scrums, I like moles. The running part of the game was never really my forte. <laughs> Um, but I have to develop because I understand that uh, rugby has to be a fast game at points so um, the boys know what I expect of them Um, we're trying to build this up we're trying to get the boys to invite their family on to a pre-match meal their girlfriends and stuff and try and show what air's about because it is a brilliant rugby club Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've got a few new boys coming in so we are trying to put it on that and then without getting the boys too nervous like I've laid it pretty simple in front of them what is uh, what I require of them and if they do that and we win brilliant if we do that and we lose look they're doing what we asked and we're proud of of the effort off the back of that well Pat Finn it's been a honestly a real pleasure talking to you uh, to look ahead to all of that good luck to both of you all the best for the weekend and for the rest of the season as well and thank you for joining us cheers guys good luck folks yeah good luck thank you A really lovely to talk to the guys there, such brilliant characters as I'm realising there are so many of them in the sport of rugby. We're coming across some real gems, but they were absolutely brilliant. It's um, great because they, well, they obviously played the same position as well. Yeah. So they were really good mates, but no rivals for the same position, but professionally at Glasgow, they, you know, but they were the epitome of helping each other out whenever one was selected. That's all about it, isn't it? it? Absolutely, yeah. And you can still see that, that bond there. It's uh, yeah. They'll be, be fiery and aggressive in the touch on each other. I can't wait to see it. You can guarantee <laughs> you it. You need to report back next yeah. week and tell so. me what it, what I've it seen, was. Like. I've seen Pat on the site. I've seen Pat on the touchline before, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Finn, will, Finn will be. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll hold it. They'll hold their ground between the pair. Yeah. It'll be brilliant. They'll be done yeah. kind of half tongue in cheek, but they're, they're both yeah. desperate to win, and it's uh, it's it's good to see. I, I think I think Air are more established. I've had won the 
the championship last year, have a lot of good success, have a real core, and almost feel as if they're almost further into their journey than Heretz. Heretz yeah. started the wee bit in the first couple of uh, first couple of years, um, and they almost need a big year, which is mm-hmm. which is hard to say because you've got two reasonably inexperienced head coaches sharing the role. But that 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 doesn't mean it, it, you know it won't work. They've got a good squad, and I think you know Finn and, and Edo understand as he mentioned understand how Heretz want to play and what they want to do. So. There's always a, a heritage on the day can beat anyone, and they've yeah. always done that. So it'll be, uh, I think it's a, a big season for both, and it's it's quite exciting. You can see they're, they're excited and their players are excited to, to get them running Friday night. Yeah, intriguing stuff. Um, both those guys, you mentioned there, they both played at Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow Warriors, some news coming out of there this week that Franco Smith has been appointed as their new head coach. Um, for anyone listening that doesn't really know too much about the name Franco Smith, what do you know? What can you tell us? I think it's a really good appointment. I can remember, well, he was an international player himself. He played mainly standoff, sometimes centre, Springboks cap, um, uh, and he played in, over in Italy as well. He, he played in Wales. He has a huge amount of playing experience uh, and coaching experience. He's been involved in lots of different coaching roles in terms of internationally and professionally um, and, and, and different parts of the world. And for me, play, I remember playing against his when he was coaching Treviso and I was playing for Edinburgh. His teams were really attack-minded. It wasn't really what back then, 10, 12 years ago, the association was Italy was there were big scrum, big mall, physical players that, that didn't have a focus on attacking game. It was more of a bludgeon game. Um, which the Italian national side at that time had reasonable success from. But Treviso were different. They were attack-minded. They moved the ball quickly. Difficult to play against, quite enjoyable to play against. Um, and he's carried that philosophy um, wherever he's been. Um, so international experience as a player and a coach, experience as a player and a coach, and effectively in the league we're in now, in the URC. And he's been in a you know, head of performance role with the Italian Federation since reti- uh, since moving on from head coach Italy. Now, we've, we've seen the under-20s, we've, we've almost waxed lyrical about the Italian under-20s over the last two or three mm. seasons. They've got some quality players, and he'll have been a big part of identifying um, and helping set plan and, and no doubt you know having his boots on the ground coaching these players as well, who now stand in international, international arena. So I, I think... You know, it's a. I think it's a good appointment, and I think there's a good squad there at Glasgow that, that should, you know, relish the opportunity to to start the new season with a bang. Do you think with the the coaching team that Glasgow has now put together for this season, do you think the style that they're going to play with will change at all or change um, massively? I think. I think. It'll, I think. That whatever. Whenever a new head coach comes in, things change. It might not change massively, but I think there's a an urge and a want to make it yours, and I think you know it'll be slightly different, or whether it's slightly different or dramatically different to how Danny. Had, had the team playing, there will be differences. Um, through my experience of playing against his teams, it was probably more expansive than perhaps the last couple of years. Uh, but there's also, a, if you look at the coaching staff at the moment, Alistair Dickinson, scum coach, has good experience as a player and understands coaching, coaching Bristol, coaching Glasgow, but he's the only forward involved. You've yeah. got Nigel Carlin, Pete Murchie, Peter Horn, and, and Frank was obviously a 10 or a 12. So he might look at adding some, some more forward oriented minds um, or he might focus on that himself as he has been a head coach he's been an assistant coach he's worked with forwards and backs at all different levels so so I think the the, the coaching staff is set up to attack um, I think the team individually want to attack but as you know fine fine margins it's fine margins and you have to get the, get you know your decision making right the one thing that I remember talking to Danny when he came into Glasgow early on he says listen where Glasgow have to improve is we can see too many tries from attacking positions mm. so sometimes when they were attacking and pushing the envelope that little bit I think they conceded the most tries from an immediate turnover 
So that was something that had to be addressed. So you, you need to look at all the, the numbers and the stats and see where the strength and weaknesses lies. And head coaches will do that. But I do think, you know, that there's a, I think when you have a 10 or a 12, a head coach who's played 10 and 12 midfield, I think maybe I'm biased, but I think they'll be a tap minded. Or even maybe in back row, if you were a head coach, Rach, would you be, would you be a tap minded or would you be more like Pat? Are you know, <laughs> set from, uh, I probably more like Pat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I love defence as well. Defence wins championships, eh? <laughs> well, that's it, and that's it, and that's it. And the, the um, you'd imagine the South African and Franco Smith, because you know, keep saying he's a springbok. That's their DNA. That's inherent. Yeah. So there'll be a real hard edge in there as well. So yeah, yeah exciting, good to get an appointment. Um, and like always, you know, Rach, the players, you just immediately on your toes as soon as somebody oh new goodness, walks yeah. in. Everything, so actually, I actually everything hate is it. heightened. Yeah, I, I really. I'm interested to get a player's perspective from that when you're sitting there kind of waiting to hear who's going to be announced. You then get the announcement. What on earth goes through your head? It's Well, it's, I guess it's like one of those where you, you look at the style of coach they are and then you start to think, I don't know if Mossy might disagree with me, but you start to think like, oh God, that, that's not the kind of player I am or like whatever. And you think about that. I remember uh, the scariest one I think we've had in our squad was when, when Goose came in. Yeah. Because he came in and he, took a meeting and he just ripped us to shreds and he said you know this isn't good <laughs> and we were just all sat there like okay uh and I think we'd actually come off the back of a not terrible season and like <laughs> and you know that way you're just like and we were terrified of him like like to start with but he's like he was like the kind of person that was, came across very scary but he was actually very like very like he would had a heart of gold he was a great guy but like that was that was one where we were like that was the first time like I think I've had a right I need to I really need to impress this guy like whatever but no like it's yeah it, it's it's and it always like it's funny one because you you have that kind of nervous feeling when with, with change in any walk life don't you um but it fades away really quickly you know you, as soon as you kind of get used to like what they're about like what their sessions look like kind of what their ethos is and stuff like that you settle into it really quickly but it is like that first couple of weeks it's like kind of like sussing out okay so we do this in this type of session and Right, so that drill means we're doing that. And like, it's just, it is, there is a little bit of like that just unknown for a couple of weeks. It's and then once the you kind of know how they run it, it's fine. That's the word, it's the unknown, isn't it? Yeah. Everything's heightened. The first thing yeah. you do, first thing from my experience is like, right, do I know this guy? I have yeah. a, you know, sometimes, probably more so now than back when I was involved, a lot of the players have probably been coached or some of the players were being coached for them before. Yeah. So have you worked with them before, whether it's an assistant or whatever? Have you? had a touchline spat with him before. It's such a small world. And then you think, oh, what did I say? So has there been a either a positive relationship or flashpoint or a negative flashpoint over the you know your career really? So and and don't forget like coaches who've coached against you know almost as much about you as a player as coaches who coach yeah. you because they analyze it and they Franco Smith has coached against Glasgow for years. He's coached against Scotland for a lot of the players, but he'll know them inside out through the analysis that's done in them. Probably more so their weaknesses and their strengths that can be a real positive as well. Um, but I also know that coaches really worry about that first meeting. You really? know, yeah, like for you guys that I've been speaking to over the last few years, it's like that first impression for a coach is utterly essential. It's so vital. And sometimes the tact is right, just be myself. Or sometimes yeah. the tact is right, I have to shock. I have to start hard and then soften I've never up. really thought of it from your perspective. But I think, yeah. Fair, but it is, yeah, a, you're right. 
because players are so judging these days, and, yeah. and oh god, and yeah, they'll pick up their phone and they'll text a mate who plays for whatever club or she plays another team that this coach is what she like, what she like, what does she do, uh-huh. how did what the team meetings like, is it more meetings, is it loads of contact, is it not? Yeah. So, like, there's no hiding place, and I know like coaches can that that's the window opportunity to set their stall out to say what they're about. It's that first impression. So, yeah. um, as an sweet. I remember Lynn Howells, who was a coach. I was a great coach, a good, uh, a good man. He, he came out to coach Edinburgh, and you remember you mentioned Goose's first meeting. I remember Lynn's first meeting. He stood up. We were all sitting in the team meeting room, ready. He walked in and he just looked at everybody and never said anything. And it was just like two or three minutes. I just you know, almost opened his mouth as if he was going to say something. No, and it was like right. Who, who fills this silence? Do, who, who blinks first? What's happening here? And it was like, it was just a real test of like, obviously plan just to yeah. what's going to happen. And eventually he, uh, he set his stall out. It was, um, so it's, just, it's a nervous time for players, but it'll be a nervous time for coaches yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. We've just got time to quickly touch on the events of this weekend. Scotland's men and women both earned six places at the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. And um, it was an inaugural Games. Yeah, for the women's side, uh, Rachel, sixth place finish, but they did get two wins. Uh, what did you make of it? I don't know how much contact you have with the girls in the sevens team. A lot, because we most of our sevens girls play 15s with us, so uh, a lot of them are some of my closest friends, which so I'm super proud seeing them um, at the first Commonwealth Games, and I thought they were outstanding. They had a really tough pool, and they did so they did extremely well within that, and I think they they've shown this whole seven season like they are a team to to be reckoned with you know they've they've gotten better and better and they started off really very good and they've got a brilliant culture within that team as well they all love being a part of the sevens and and they've done extremely well both on and off the pitch I thought there was a couple of real standouts for me I thought Emma Orr from start Mm -hmm. to finish was outstanding you know she's I think she's only she's she's maybe 19 now but she's she's a wee baby um but she just plays with an experience so far beyond her years she she's incredible and I thought Lisa Thompson Mm-hmm. Um, led extremely well and played probably the best I've seen her play in, in, in this seventh season. She was she was super dynamic and, and made some brilliant decisions um, both in attack and defence and, and you can't really talk about our seventh team without mentioning Rona Lloyd as well mm-hmm. um, up there amongst the, the top try scorers for the tournament and just so threatening like she she's just unreal. You put her in a tiny bit of space and she scores a try every time and yeah so that like you can probably tell in my voice just super mm-hmm. proud of proud of all of them like all, like you know they're disappointed coming sick because they know like where they're at and um, I think on another day they probably could have beaten England and come fifth but now really proud of the girls and I think they they really showed what they were about did you yeah. um did you get any feedback because I mean it's obviously a brilliant experience and they're loving the fact that they're playing sevens but did you get any feedback of the Commonwealth Games I think they loved it, it. like it looks, it looks like so much fun for them uh, it's, it, it looks like they've put on a brilliant event to be fair mm. I the girls only got back late last night and mm. they drove down the road and I think we're potentially slightly hungover as well, so <laughs> we've not heard about <laughs> no, nah, just, just a, a tiny bit. Um, but no, nah, we've not heard a huge amount from them um, from it. But like, obviously, we've mentioned quite a few of the girls just over the weekend, and I think like the build up, they obviously spend like a little time in the village. I think they had about four or five days in the village um, before it kicks off, and they just seem to be having the absolute best time. Um, yeah, no, it does. It definitely does. Yeah. Well, Rachel, Chris, it's always great to get your insight into everything. Good to talk to you again. Thank you for listening as well uh, to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. We'll be back with much more very soon indeed. Indeed.